We spend a great deal of time looking at the impact of climate change and how it's changing our weather and environment. That, in turn, can have an impact on how pathogens and disease could spread as well. Our science correspondent, Miles O'Brien, has the story. Dawn in the High Sierra, 50 miles northwest of Reno at the Clover Valley Ranch. Remember, check every trap, walk the line. The hunt is on once again. Make sure you take the boxes open, closed or empty if there's no animal in it. For clues linking a changing climate and the worsening spread of disease. That's ranch owner Brian Bird, a veterinarian, virologist, and director of the One Health Institute Laboratory at the University of California, Davis. Channel 4, good hunting. Overnight, 47 of their quarry took the peanut butter, oats, and bacon bait. Now it's time to retrieve the traps. I believe that's the most we've ever captured here. And gather some data. Paramiscus maniculatus. For three years now, he and his students have been systematically trapping deer mice that live here. They are hoping to better understand hantavirus. The rodents are the primary reservoir for this pathogen. It doesn't cause any harm to the, to the rodent at all. Uh, they carry the virus throughout their life. But then they shed this virus in their urine and their feces. When a human gets hantavirus, mm -hmm. is that pretty serious? It can be very serious. There are you know, hundreds of cases a year. Uh, of those, 20 to 30, maybe even 50% could be fatal. So it's a relatively rare, but a high consequence disease. Hantavirus pulmonary syndrome is a so-called zoonotic disease, meaning it is spread by pathogens that spill over from one species to another. This is the primary cause of pandemics throughout human history. Human encroachment and global travel hasten these spillover events. And it appears the climate crisis is making matters even worse. So as the animals get more and more stressed, they're more likely to shed a particular virus or a pathogen. There's also the impact on the animals themselves. So where do they live? As those environments change, well, those animals will move. They're adaptable at a species level, certainly. But those changes occur very gradually over perhaps millennia. But now we're looking at rather dramatic, fast-paced changes on the timescale of hundreds of years, if not even faster. In September of 2021, he learned just how fast. So did the fire come through here? It did. So you're walking on burned area here. It was the Dixie Mega Fire, amplified by a historic drought linked to climate change. It burned nearly a million acres over three months. So you had been working in this spot prior to the fire? Yeah, exactly in this yeah. spot prior to the fire. And we had uh, two oh. seasons of uh, sampling data here before the fire. Bird expected it would take years, even decades, to connect the dots. But in his blackened field, he saw opportunity. So we thought, well, this would be a great time to continue that sampling and then see, well, how do the rodent populations respond to pretty much a complete destruction of their habitat? They're now finding active hantavirus in 8% of mice they are trapping. In the unburned control site, it is 4%. Bird says the mice are fighting to establish turf. The primary method of transmitting the virus amongst the rodents is when they fight and bite each other. So they could be transmitting the virus at a heightened rate compared to a control site that wasn't burned. They're carving out turf mm -hmm. and fighting, and that means more transmission, potentially. Potentially, yeah. So climate change worsens a drought that triggers a megafire, which wipes out a habitat, causing a rodent rumble, a virus super spreader. 
a nuanced link to be sure, but not new. The historical evidence linking the climate to zoonotic disease is growing. Biologist Camilla Mora is a professor at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. He led a team that poured through no less than 70,000 scientific studies dating back to the end of the Roman Empire. Over 58% of those pathogens that had impacted humanity anywhere in the world are already affected by climatic changes. But those are the ones that we already know. The scary things are the ones that we just don't know about because the ones that we know of, we know that we cannot cope with them. You can imagine the surprise that we might get when we start uh, unleashing all of these pathogens that could be more damaging to us. At Georgetown University, global change biologist Colin Carlson is working on a way to take the surprise out of this. So Colin, what are we looking at here? We are looking at the pathogen harmonized surveillance system. He is trying to meld existing climate and disease data in a way that allows epidemiologists to see the big picture. So let's go to Berlin. So each of these points is somewhere that they have tested a fox for distemper virus. What if we knew this much about viruses everywhere in the world? What if we knew this about the diseases that we were worried about jumping into humans, right? We could literally know within a city where spillover risk is the highest. He's building an open source tool to forecast an outbreak sooner. He foresees the ability to predict disease as well as the weather. If we want to get really good at predicting spillover, we need to know what the dynamics of these viruses are when we're not watching them. So can technology make it easier for public health professionals to monitor disease in wild animal populations? Epidemiologist Christine Johnson is also a professor at the UC Davis One Health Institute. She is testing new ways to monitor one of the most prolific spreaders of zoonotic disease, bats. Well done, Jenna. Yeah. Did you get that stream? We did, yeah. We got a really good got two of them. She and her team are testing thermal cameras, as well as audio devices, able to record what bat echolocation sounds like. They hope to deploy the technology to make their work more efficient and safer. We don't like to go into bat caves for so many reasons, um, especially because they're very dark. We're able to see them much more clearly with thermal cameras than we could just see with our own eyes. The techniques that we're developing could be used to do that remotely. She's collaborating with the engineering department, seeking ways to monitor and test bat populations remotely. And so that's what we're seeking is, is with the innovative technology that we're using to try to bring um, much more feasibility to wildlife surveillance. There are more and more zoonotic diseases coming. The climate crisis makes it unavoidable. A greater investment to protect public health with some 21st century tools along with the risky, laborious fieldwork, might be the only way to stop a spillover from boiling over, shutting down the world once again. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Miles O'Brien, near Portola, California.